Welcome to the Geek Sweat Podcast. We, we hassle, hassle films to, to save you, Waffle. Waffle. It's another podcast adventure with a filmmaking twist for you. I am Trevor Jones, and we will be bringing you hot topics from the film industry, inspiration interviews with IMDb-listed filmmakers, review sweat on online series as they stream, trailer talk on upcoming feature films, and cult TV perspectives on classic shows worth revisiting. Sharing the Geek Sweat frame with me again are... The White Falcon, Akosh. Hi guys. King Dom. Hello. MKH. Good day. Neo Geo. Evening. And it's Stephen Code. Hi. But we might change your nickname to Cody because it's quicker. That's what I was known as as a kid. So. Okay. Well, we'll 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 pinch your playground money off you and lunch money off you later. Uh, between your ears and our voices, we take this opportunity to make the most of our podcast technology. Today we are recording on Shaw mics, and we are being sound mixed in Pro Tools software, projecting with the Optoma Full HD projector and computerized with the courtesy and help of Utopia Computers. We are now recording live and direct from Ithaca House. Be warned. We're here now. Okay, so now we're doing the inspiration interview and we have a gentleman with us who is a man of many faces and many places. You may have seen him in the way he walks and perhaps the way he talks, but you may not have seen his face because he is a mo-cap feature film actor. So today, Geek Sweat brings you Robin Berry. Hi guys, thanks. Thanks for coming down today, Robin. I really appreciate it. So did you find it easy getting into the building today? Uh, Absolutely. I used to live just down the road. Yeah. Um, so I've been to Ithaca House. I've admired your uh, martial arts dojo upstairs. Yeah. And I did not some... my martial arts dojo because I don't know shit about fighting. <laughs> <laughs> but I also uh, I've done a few yoga classes here before. Yeah. Exciting times at Ithaca House. Yeah, Geek Sweat is all about fitness, exactly. healthy mind and body, well-being, mind, body and drinking and as much wine in the evening as possible. Yeah. Here, here. Thanks for the wine, by the way. No problem. So you're you're a local yokel. Mm-hmm. Um, are you born and bred in East London, or did you move into the yeah, area? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was born in Forest Gate Maternity Hospital, which is now uh, a, a block of flats. Uh, As is all good flats. East End yeah, hospitals. Uh, classic Victorian buildings. Um, but yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't afford to live here anymore. I'm um, back. Just to say, um, to give everyone um, who's listening or anyone who's listening an idea of where we're from. Um, I'm born in Hackney, living in Leighton. Where are you from, MKH? Uh, So I was born in Forest Gate Hospital as well. I think they they tore it down as soon as I I was born. They said that this this is a bad omen for this whole place. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I I now live in Canning Town. But... um, yeah, it is extremely Because you're hard. That's why. Only hard people. Oh, live if, in if you go around there now, yeah. everyone vapes. Yeah, and, really? And, and, yeah, and eats quinoa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. It's very nice. I fit in right perfectly. <laughs> and how about yourself, Dom? Where are you from? Um, Wimbledon originally. Okay. I was born in Roehampton, actually, um, but lived all over. Cool, cool, cool. And um, obviously, we might as well open this up to our international candidates as well. Uh, White Falcon, tell us where you're from and where you're living now. I'm born in Hungary, uh, North Kanija, 
and grew up uh, in Hungary, and now are living in um, in London. <laughs> so is East London like a step up London, yeah, or yeah. step to the side for you uh, or step down? Playstore. Playstore. Newham. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any f- different <laughs> feelings about the difference between Forest Gate and Plaster? Does anyone? I don't, I, I, I don't know Forest Gate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, come back to Robin. Um, growing up in Forest Gate, I mean, yeah. is this the land of opportunity or is it like a dearth of like ideas and creative opportunities to do when you was younger? Uh, so I, the reason I'm an actor is because my mum... I had a really good friend who used to go to the Theatre Royal Stratford East uh, youth, youth theatre group and they had a summer school one year and I think my mum just wanted me out of the house. So she said, you're going along with Dennis. And I was like, no, I just want to stay at home and play PlayStation. And, uh, <laughs> I want to talk to people. Um, but she made me go along for this two-week workshop thing. And, uh, and, and it was like, uh, they were doing lots of kind of like development for a show that was going to go on in the main theatre. And because I did this workshop, I got a little part in the show and did that. And they what, did GCSEs. And what was the show? It was called The Drowned Princess, which is all about uh, a pleasure steamer, like a boat that went down the River Thames. Uh, I'm not sure when it was, Victorian era sometime, and it sank and everyone on board died. Good like times. a mini Titanic? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a low-budget Titanic? It was basically Titanic. a mini Cockney Titanic. Oh, uh, God. And then um, they had a real boat on stage that like broke in half and split it up, and then all the ghosts sang under the water. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, it's good times, man. It was so, so, so cool. So much fun to, to do that show. Not obviously, the show was uh, horrific and, and terrible. Um, How old were you when, at this time when you were playing uh, this? I was like fifth, uh, no. Started secondary school. So I was like 11, 11 or 11 So they or took one look at your slight young frame for 11 years old. This guy needs to be in a horrific... I was a, I was a cockney oik. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I also, there was a bit where we had like a poem to do as a group, all the, all the young people in the show and okay. I forgot my line oh, no. and I swore in f- at full volume, yeah. uh, in the middle of, uh, in the middle of the Stratford Theatre Royal packed house. Yeah. I went, said the F word. And then really what happened? Loud. Did they throw chips at you or something? No, nobody, everyone just carried on. Some yeah. people were like, did you, did you say? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot my line. And then that just came out instead. Which one was it? Was it the F word? C it word? Was the, it was the F word. The okay, F word. Cool, yeah, cool. big time. I said my first line was the pirate come the pilot comes aboard at last and my second line was something else. I've still forgotten it, but I said the pilot comes aboard at and you then can said swear the here. you can fuck oh, right. the place up. I went the pirate comes aboard at fuck because uh, <laughs> I've messed the line up and I think we only did like three or four nights of the show at the theatre, so But it's never happened since learning yeah. I learned that lesson hard that wow. day. Yeah. Did you get a clip around the air from the theatre director no. when you came off the stage? No, I was a kid. No one could touch me. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. We had all the rights. Now I'm a fully blown actor and they beat me up all the time. But <laughs> back then, uh, it was I got away with it. <laughs> so what kind of... You said you pushed it, you just pushed towards acting because your mum wanted to get, get you out of the house yeah. and there's an opportunity. Was there any other thing that was happening at the time that was making you look towards the creative arts or acting at the time when you no, was like 11 or 12? Not at all. Like, it was just the first time. I was, I was super shy when I was younger. Um, you know, I got bullied a lot. And so it was the first time that I was just part of a group of people where everyone, everyone was cool. Like there were in, in that group, that first, that, that show that I did, you know, there were the good looking, tall, super popular kids from school, but nobody, no one cared about any of that stuff. And everyone just really, really got on and, I did the show and it was the first time I felt like I was really kind of part of a 
part of a group or, or something. And then, and that drove me to do it for GCSEs and... Um, GCSE drama. GCSE drama, then A-level drama, and then my A-level drama teacher said, you know, you can do this as a career. Really? Afterwards, you could go to drama school or you could, you could just go for it. And I was like, oh, wow. I still had never really thought about that. I do think it's difficult the, to... Do you remember the name of that drama teacher? Yeah, it's Tony, Tony Lord and Peter Scoggins, who I'm still in contact with to this day. Cool. Um, so they gave you your good yeah, will hunting confidence. speech. And, I, and I, again, I came to the sixth form late. I came from another school. I came from Forest Gate School, which back now it's amazing, but back then it was it was rubbish school. Um, not rubbish, but you know it was a bit it was a bit hard. And uh, and I went out to Essex to this really nice college, and they just um, you know they they did things very differently, and uh, and, and 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 encouraged all that kind of stuff. And and I think it was the first time that you know I got some nice parts in the school plays and things, and and it it gave me a bit of confidence to. I think without that confidence from 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 A levels and those two teachers especially, I still wouldn't have had the the, the confidence to go and you know. I mean, drama school was... is torturous. You stand in front of these are the people who will be taking the jobs from you when you graduate. <laughs> this is your competition. Yeah. Now do your best in front of them with them all watching and criticizing afterwards. Like it can, be, it's really tough. So I think, uh, yeah, those teachers were great and they helped me a lot. I, I mean. What was the biggest turn in your confidence? Were you like suddenly chatting up girls before you was a teenager? Were no. you robbing banks, stealing Still cars? Can't do that now. What was uh, you doing? No, um, like it's weird. I still find now that there's just it's just like a staircase. Yeah. Drama school was one. I got a really nice part. The final show we did, Nicholas Nickleby part part one and part two for our graduation show. If most people shared, somebody was Nicholas Nickleby in one and Nicholas Nickleby in part a different Nicholas. Oh. Know, a different actor in part two. That's kind but of. But I got to I got to play this character called Smike, who's an amazing character, and I got to play that throughout the whole thing. So that was like the first time that I really felt someone had given me. So you owned a character for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I got to own that, and then and then it's the same, you know. Like I did I did one man two governors at the national, uh, which James Corden did, and so yeah. that was another thing that made me go, wow, I've I've got a job of this calib caliber now, and that makes me feel more confident in my abilities. But I'm definitely a person who thinks that you know I. Every job is a learning curve. So no matter how confident I ever get, I just think you go to the next job and that can all come tumbling down. So I need to ask a question about one man, two governors. Yeah. Had you done it before James Corden or after him? So I did it. I came in and like saw it at the very end of their the run, run and then we were rehearsing whilst he was still part of the show. So there was something the out there to aspire to. Yeah, I mean, they very much wanted, they got a completely do, you know, you, you can't have someone doing a James Corden. So they, they had this new Welsh guy at Owen who was a completely different, I thought James Corden was quite, you know, he's hilarious, but he was quite cutting. Like a phone goes off in the audience and he's like, oh yeah? Yeah. Who is it? Yeah. No, 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 everyone, don't worry, show stop. Now the show stopped because their phone's ringing. Who is it? So he's and treating suddenly, like Everyone's laughing, yeah. but the person with the phone is going, oh, my God. Uh, whereas... And he's talking to me, let me do a selfie. No, I mean, yeah, it, it, I think... And then Owen came in, and Owen was much more of a kind of... He was, he was much more of a friendly and a bit of a... You know, he's supposed to be a Welsh bumpkin, so it was a completely different show. But, you know, they wanted to keep the same shape of the show, but at the same time, they didn't just want people doing bad impressions of the people who did it before. I just want to take you back for a second. Have you been able to go back to the theatre role since you, you, you managed to scream fuck? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, I go to the Panto almost every year. I got my own kid now. And I, uh, so one of my, my early theatre memories are going to see the Panto at Stratford. So 
I'm looking forward to taking my son along for the first one of those. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a long time. No, nobody remembers me around there anymore. <laughs> That's why I grew this beard, yeah. basically. And lost my hair on purpose so that they wouldn't go, Set yeah, that, that, that kid with a potty mouth yeah, coming yeah, again, yeah. like. Um, no, no, I still, I still get back to Stratford whenever I can. I've never, I've never worked on the stage there. Yeah. I've done lots of other bits and bobs as yeah. part of that company, but um, I, I, other than when I was a kid, so yeah. I'm looking forward to, to something else coming up that I can be part of. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Anyone from Theatre Royal Listens? Yeah, yeah, yeah find yeah. my agent. Yeah. Yeah, what's your agent's name? Uh, his name is Daniel Tasker, Billboard Personal Management. Okay, no jokes, phone him. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I'm like. desperate. <laughs> <laughs> and I can see the desperation in your eyes. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, so, and, so how many different, actually, we're going to get to your film stuff in a moment, but what, where do you think your passion most lies on, on stage or, or on the silver screen? On the silver as screen, a, um... Like it's a bit of everything. It's a bit of everything. Uh, I, stage is stage is in my heart because that's where I started, and stage I think is the true perfection of acting because there's no fuck ups. You have to live it, and you have to do it, and you have to hit every mark, and and you don't have a chance to, you know, to to make mistakes. You want it to be perfect every time. You have that that chance to make mistakes on screen, but at the same time, you know the the realism and. You know, it's, it's great to get paid well, so TV and film is, is great because of that and, and, and how they make things look um, is amazing. But recently I've really, I think I've had a, a, a rekindling of passion, not that it, it went, but um, I've been doing lots of motion capture in virtual reality. So it's real-time motion capture, like improvising with people in virtual reality. Um, and that's just been a, like a mind blower um, because what you can do in that you have your character, you have a general story, but whatever the audience says, you you change it, you you roll with those punches, and um, and that's something that I think is going to be more common in the future. But it's been really nice to sort of I feel like working with this particular company, um, DV Group in France. We've been like surfing, surfing the crest of this new new technology, which I think in twenty years time, you know, people will be sitting in virtual things, you know, talking with 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 actors as part of a immersive virtual video game or movie or TV series, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and that's been really exciting. Yeah. We are going to get into your mocap work soon. Uh, one Sorry. thing I wanted to <laughs> ask, or deeper into it rather, mm -hmm. but um, one thing I wanted to ask you is, when you, what was the first movie that uh, you saw that made you want to get into film or perhaps even virtual reality mocap? Um, I mean, for, for, for motion capture, I think... It's really recent, and I know they, there was lots of, you know, it, it was kind of discovered using it for acting during the Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings movies. And I know it's a bad thing to say. I'm not, I'm not a biggest, I'm not a big fantasy fan. Really, Akosh, what are you gonna say about that? You, you should be kindred what? spirits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I love heart. I don't hate it, but I just, you know, dragons, and I, I prefer futuristic dystopias rather than. Uh, this dystopias from the past. What is, it, what is um, your favourite film? My favourite... Does anyone ever come in and say they like, yeah, I know what it is? Yeah, just something. Yeah. I mean, Usually. The direction. Oh, man. That's when really Akos tough. heard you say that you don't like fantasy films, Love Hearts came up in his <laughs> eyes. <laughs> I'm not a big fantasy fan, but... Yeah. You know, you I, I like, appreciate I it, movies. but I, I just movies. can't get into it. Um, what I, was your first... Um, 
film that you feel very emotionally when you're sitting in a cinema? I mean, you, you know what it would be? Uh, it, it would probably be Back to the Future. Back to the Future 1, 2 and 3. Kind of because those films were really like... There was real like, you know, if, if, if you've broken time. If you don't change this now, this is the world that you've created. And, uh, and as a kid, there was a real like... I, I just thought that kind of... That was amazing. Indiana Jones films and Back to the Future films, if you had to pin me down, I couldn't pick one. Um, Escapism. Yeah, but it's also the first, it's one just, of the first films where the cars stopped driving on the ground and they were like just flying in the air. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, Back to the Future, but even the first Back to the Future movie, it was so not the kind of thing that I would ever really be into. Mm. You know, there, were, there wasn't huge set pieces. There wasn't loads of action. It was, you know, it was much more to do with this is a real intense story and, and, and if you don't get it right, this is what's going to happen. Um, mm. But yeah, I just, uh, I, I just thought they took the real world and, and just looked, you know, explored it in a way that I'd never seen before as a kid. I don't know, everyone else had, we had VHS cassettes. Yeah. You'd record movies off. <laughs> you record I'm movies not, at not. Christmas, right? Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. know. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know. Okay, good, good. MKH, we'll explain what VHS tapes are <laughs> after the episode. You know, if you, you must know. You know about VHS cassettes. You were born in maternity Forest Gate Hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least my mum told me I was born there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she might have been trying to trick me. <laughs> at, at Christmas time, you'd record vid, uh, movies when they were on TV, and the ones that's my movies of my, my childhood are all the ones that I had on. Yeah, I tra- really- Beetlejuice is in there, Willow. Mum remembers Willow because uh, they were back to back. I had Willow and then half of Beetlejuice, and then I had to go onto the next tape to watch the second half of Beetlejuice. Yeah. I mean, Michael Keaton's quite an interesting character actor. The comeback so, king. What do you think about him? Uh, I mean, I, I, I loved him back in the day. I thought his Batman is probably his Batman is my Batman. Um, and because uh, he but, started off as a stand-up comedian as well. Yeah. To go, to well, you had like Bruce onto, Willis as well, who yeah. was a comedian and then suddenly turned turned an action action hero. I think there's something very much about being a comedian. You have to stand up on your own mm. in front of thousands of people mm. shed all of your armor and I think the most vulnerable comedians are the funniest mm. and I think that that makes that's an amazing tool for acting like Robin Williams you know the final scene of uh, of Good Will Hunting when he just mm. well anything he does in Good Will Hunting uh, I just think that that something about those comedy skills they have is, is an amazing tool to be an actor it just means that you can you can complete, be completely vulnerable and have no fear of it which I at me personally I think that's Vulnerability as an actor. If you can't be vulnerable, you know, Jason Statham, I love him. Yeah. Kicks ass, but he can't be vulnerable. And so that's, I, I, I think I've. Because it's just too hard. It's MK, just too hard. Wanted, you look like you wanted to say something about Have the you staff. Got a, if, if there's a vulnerable movie with him, then send oh, me in that no, direction. No, 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 Hummingbird. Right. He played the guy that post traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, guy, but like, there's post traumatic stress, but. No matter who comes towards him, he's going to kill them. There was too much adrenaline in that one. I think there's, like, that's... I don't think you can be vulnerable if you can kill anybody who can ever come close to you. That's Mm. my... Maybe my point. I don't know. I I think in in Jason Statham's defence... I love him as an actor, by the way. I I think he's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Jason... Olympic diver. No, the staff gets the job done. Yeah, but I think he... he, he was most vulnerable. The only time I saw him vulnerable in the film is when he thought he was going to be um, killed and burnt alive by those gypsies in that uh, fight scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, nice. that, that's that it. Yeah, yeah. 
all like acting really takes control yeah. and he just reacted yeah. he just reacted to the situation and that's like a truthful a truthful yeah yeah maybe he's been in that situation before so it kind of <laughs> <laughs> touched a personal chord with him um so yeah. robin as an actor i mean is you do a lot of physical acting work as well yeah and um what was like the first role that you did where this is like it's not just blood, sweat and tears, but you were physically like rampaging across the stage or rampaging across the set. Um, we, we did, uh, it was actually with those two A-level drama teachers, uh, Peter and Tony, we did a version of West by Stephen Burkhoff. I don't know if people know Stephen Burkhoff's work, but it's very, it's kind of written, it's poetical, the kind of language of it. Um, and he did, he, did, he did East and West, he's done loads and loads of plays. Um, and this play was basically about East End families, gangs, getting pissed up on a Friday night, trying to pull your girl, biting somebody. It was, it was like the, he was the writer who wrote about stuff that nobody really wrote about um, and about a kind of class that people didn't really write about at that time. And we had this amazing fight scene where I was like the leader of... My friend Ben was the main guy, uh, was, the, was the sort of lead, and I was like the opposite gang. And we had this amazing fight sequence where it was all like slow motion and there was there was people with us so when I got up I got hit in the face six people lifted me up and I kind of flew wow. back in slow motion you know have a swig of beer from a can but it's fake blood so in the next punch suddenly we spray blood all over a bare white wall and um and that was you know as a kid you think of acting as Shakespeare or as as as, as panto um or as cartoons or as tv and this was the first time I felt like I was like whoa you you get you get theater about really gritty dark stuff too and be a great movie. And he was literally painting the stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly, wow. exactly. So did the physicality of that lead into the mocap work that you did later on? Um, I mean, yeah, I think I've always been quite a physical person and I've never really... At no point have I ever said I'm a physical actor, but, but my agent kind of saw that in me and submitted me for roles like that and I, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, Like, for me, a character's a character, so whether it's a creature or a monster or a human, you know, it's the same... Uh, same way you approach it like what do they want what are they after what's their goal um, what do they love what do they need yeah yeah but I think yeah the enjoyment of doing that kind of stuff had put me on that path well let's talk about one of your earlier credits uh, because <laughs> you seem to have done um, horror movie work um, done quite early some... into your career yeah could you tell us a little bit about working on the descent part yeah. two uh so that was that was basically the first kind of real physical job that my agent put me up for and i and i watched the first movie and i was like so hold on i'm i'm going along to audition and i'm going to be crawling along on all fours and squawking and 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 i just went out in the park and had a massive practice and then went along there and and, and did the audition and uh and that you job did the was, audition in the park no not in the oh, sorry yeah. the audition was Somewhere in uh, somewhere around the back of Liverpool Street, maybe I okay. don't know. It's a long time ago, but I think there's a lot of strange people like crawling on all fours. Well, it, there as well. Was, that was it was weird. It was yeah. weird. Lots of people just going, and then they'd, they'd like throw a sock in the middle of the room and go, "The sock's a stake. Fight for it. Fight for it." And you, and, uh, and you just go for it. But um, the descent part two was great. Uh, it was the first kind of big, big kind of movie thing that I, I worked on. 
And, uh, and again, it was another stepping stone or another step up that rung of, of, of confidence because basically I got... So you dressed up as one of these, is it the grey creatures, the crawlers? Yeah, crawlers, crawlers. Okay. Um, I, I had a particular one that I played called the Merrick Crawler who had like some deformities. Okay. Um, so, uh, but but basically, you just that seemed to make you chuckle, MK. Yeah, What's it was up? Funny, you said it's got some deformities, some deformities. like he hasn't got deformities like, in his face. Right. <laughs> he's got more. He's got more. Yeah. <laughs> bonus, bonus deformities. Yeah. Uh, but I, like, you turn up there at six a.m. They were. I'd have to shave my. my I shave ev- everything. Even a scrotal sack. Everything. All Are you day, putting a full suit on? Every day. No, no, no. So wow. you shave everything. They. Yeah. I then go in. Yeah. I mean, if you want, I can describe Go for in it. detail. We can take it. Okay, so. Neo Geo, close Everything's your ears. shaved <laughs> down below. Shaved. Um, you then get a, a pair of tights and you put your bits, you put the, the meat and the veg into the pair of tights and you pull those right up so everything's tucked right in. And then you glue it around, all the way around from the, the gouge to the, uh, the top, but you leave one side open so you can pull it out if you need to wee. And then on top of that, you pull a thong on. And you glue the front patch of the thong to, you know, where your pubic hair will be. You glue the back patch of the thong at the top of your bum crack. And then they cut the string away. So you just have... Are you sure this wasn't like a rendition? (laughs) I asked that question. My agent asked that question many times. But that's what you... So then that's me. Everything's just tucked away. Full body spray paint white. Yeah. Then they would paint every single vein back on by hand. First in blue and then in red on top. Uh, And then... They would stick on, well, first they would stick on the prosthetic spine, all the face, hands, and then they would spray paint you and then they would they would do all the makeup. And then you were like that for maybe 10 or 12 hours, just walking around basically naked. Wow. How long was, how long was this makeup? Uh, it would, that would take like three hours. Three hours every morning. So when you we, we, we would watch, we would watch, uh, like, I remember sitting with the guy, we'd watch like Robocop, we'd watch <laughs> Indiana Jones, like cool movies with great prosthetics. We would sit down and... Actually, I've always wanted to ask about this, like when you've had to put on like heavily laid amounts of makeup. Oh. Is it like a meditative process you've got to go through so you don't twitch or move or jerk around to mess up? I mean, maybe the I, most of the time, like, no, there's not really the only time maybe when they're taking a cast. Yeah. Um, and I think you can either do that or you don't. Yeah. I don't really. But that's that's weird because, you you know, they basically cover your entire face, your ears. You have two straws coming out of your nose so you can still breathe. Wow. (laughs) And and everything's black. And then it just starts to get hotter because when when the plaster of Paris sets, it heats up. Yeah. So suddenly you're like, oh, my God, it's really hot in here. Oh, my God, this is like... Where am I? everyone's just left? What if I'm just... (laughs) In this room on you my You start own. reaching out around you, trying to feel yeah. the aura. I, I did a full body cast for, uh, for for Clash of the Titans as well. And for that a full body cast, they kind of have to prop you up on sticks. Yeah. Because once it sets and it goes hard, like, yeah. if you fall, there's wow. nothing. You can't stop yourself because you're in a rigid. But are you going to bounce or is it going to break? Uh, it would all, it would shatter all over the place probably. Ooh. So uh, Is that coming out your Or it would just crunch and break and they'd have to do it again. That, sure. I mean, that's nothing to do with me. They just. I mean, what's the weirdest set of instructions you've been given to follow before the makeup goes on? What? Not like hiding your, your meat and veggies. <laughs> that's not enough for you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably yeah. that particular thing every day of coming yeah. in and, and 
and doing that that was a, I do that in I, my own did on someone my own, have, have to show but did, is there like a tutorial video that you look at or is there a naked man no, who shows I mean, you how just, to do it it's, it was, uh, Paul Hyatt who did the, the makeup for that movie the great prosthetics guy and mm. he's done a lot a lot more kind of big stuff since then and I think he just he just kind of came in and I had my back to him and he just sort of you know talked me through it um, wow yeah it yeah. wasn't a hands on experience <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately not unfortunately not no I was going to say that whole process reminds me of um, RuPaul's Drag Race. That's what they do. Love that show. Yeah, exactly. Love that show. What yeah. series are you up to? Uh, I, I, I watched all the way. I think I must have missed a few out in the middle, but I started watching it with my son, Daytime yeah. TV. Yeah. He quite likes the colours. Um, yeah. But I just watched the 10th series special uh, when they all go out. Yeah, oh, no. yeah. fantastic. Fantastic mm-hmm. memories. If you're not on it, then get on it. Yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, yeah. Well, I just, I just want to, and we're going to go around in circles a little bit, but I was just wanting to think like, this is like some really strange stuff that you're telling us. So I want to go back to a place of normality. What was the last, let's say, regular or normal job that you did before you embarked on your film um, career? I mean, the if you're an actor who doesn't have to do a day job, then congratulations, like you mm. smashed it. Because that's, that's the dream. Uh, but... I mean, I've been up until the only reason I stopped doing a day job was because I, I now I'm a stay home dad. Um, mm. Hey, Forrest, you you won't listen to this, but um, I love you. Uh, <laughs> hello, Forrest. Yeah, everyone. Say, say hello, Forrest. Guys. Guys. Hey, hey, Forrest. Hi, Forrest. Yeah. This yeah. Is Hi teenage Forrest. Yeah. You put yeah. I'll play it back to him yeah. when he when he yeah. can hear the swearing. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so this is a time capsule now yeah. as well. This yeah. uh, this podcast could be his bedtime story could as be. well about what daddy does when yeah. he goes outside with the glue <laughs> yeah. and the strange and man and I get my meat and veg um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I had my back to him I promise yeah, exactly yeah. exactly it's, it's in the past it's a long time ago um, the only reason I don't have a day job now is because I stay home and look after my kid because uh, my girlfriend's a gangster and earns loads of money not as a gangster but you know she does good work um, uh, but the last job I did, I worked in a nursery for four years um, oh. with like three and four year olds charging around the place. Yeah. Gardening with them, all that, yeah. you know, whatever you do with kids. I've worked, I've done bar jobs. I did a bar job, two separate bar jobs, like a wine bar and then a, another bar much more local to here. Mm. Golden Fleece. Anyone knows the Golden Fleece? I think I heard that one, yeah. Uh, yep. And, uh, and I sell fudge every now and again. You can catch me at the fudge uh, patch in Greenwich Market. I okay, still do that. It's my friend's shop. We can do a little plug of that. We might have to hashtag that in the. They do vegan fudge, guys. If you're if you're a vegan and you're desperate for treats, I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. Hang by on. Vegan fudge. Hold up. What's vegan fudge as opposed to normal fudge? So normal fudge. I can talk about this for a very long time as well. But normal fudge uses cream and sugar essentially. Vegan fudge replaces the cream with something else like. Uh, the lovely oat milk that you have here or maybe almond milk depending on what they're making different uh, different milks work better like if you mix in alcohol almond milk works better whereas cream tends to separate and it's not quite so good wow I hope Patrick I'm going to make my friend Patrick who's the fudge master uh, the fudge patch he is patch of the fudge patch and he's going to listen to you're me. trying to avoid then, that FP word aren't you Chris, yeah yeah he's going <laughs> to is anyone going to name drop it we, we, we say it all the time I'm, I'm, a fudge, I'm a fudge packer in training I'm not, I'm not oh know, beautiful scared to say it um, he's a fudge packing master and has been for many years since I've first known him my missus saying what's a fudge packer <laughs> Trevor anyone anyone here I'm not sure Dom in? do no. you want to let us in on what a fudge packer is <laughs> I believe it's a slang term for a sexual preference 
That is exactly Oh, what it is. Well, <laughs> Okay, that's great. Uh, no, but I loved how you just got into the zone when you were explaining fudge. Now, this I can talk about yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, well, customers come in, yeah. old ladies come in and they go, oh, I'll make fudge at home. And you go, no, actually, you make tablet, which is the cheaper <laughs> variation of fudge where you replace some of the cream with butter. Oh, well, I don't, no, 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 it's not fudge. It's not fudge. And then... <laughs> And then things get How heated, heated do these conversations get? It's not fudge! Patch is over there. He's had that conversation so many times, he's cool. But I get very like, talk about fudge again, Patch. Get in the way, get in the way. Because I will climb, I will, I will vault the counter and I will shove this rum and raisin down her throat. <laughs> I love that you put old women in their place. So where's the old Like, I don't know what it is. I've been making it for 35 years. Yeah, you've been making it wrong for yeah. 35 years. I live through rickets and now I have to... I don't care how many people you saved in the Second World War. Make it right. No. Um, I'm passionate about fudge. That's all it is. That's cool. What I are mean, we even talking about? No, it's cool. I mean, we're, we're, we're trying to talk about the normality versus the, normal, the, yeah, the reality of... Yeah. Um, Does yeah. uh, fudge make a good snack to take to the cinema? It, it will hype you up because it's basically just sugar. Um, but if you're going for a Lord of the Rings uh, three movie, you know, omnibus viewing and you're going to spend 10 hours, you need that those calories, you need that energy. So it's like, yeah, yeah. All oh, right, I've segued from fudge to fantasy. Yeah, okay. Thank you yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that later, Kingdom. <laughs> Another fantasy reference there. Anyway, so what we're going to do is um, I wanted to find out are these real world experiences add into your portfolio of what you bring to the acting table? Like, has there been any real world experiences in these? Um, let's say normal jobs that you've been able to filter and bring into your acting um, career. I mean, I think. Like working, working in a nursery, working with kids. Mm. Obviously, the, the kid in Jungle Book, he was he was eleven. But I think that there's, I feel more comfortable with kids than grown ups. You know, like mm. you don't have to play games. You can be honest about stuff, and, and kids just don't judge you. They just take you for you. Um, so I think working with kids has been like you know it increases your patience. Um, also, your, as a creative, you probably need to kind of maintain that sense of wonder and doing yeah, things for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like watch, you know, watching my son now do stuff. Even like he was watching, just watching him watch Lion King today and watching the bits that he reacts to and the bits that he finds amusing or the bits that he might be a bit scared of. Like, it's just incredible kind of seeing somebody learn that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't Just going back to the kids thing, like I, I, I've done a number of improv um, courses yeah. and they, they always explain that for you to get you to do proper improv you always have to go back to being a child yeah. where you had no rules where you didn't mind your p's and q's you just yeah, let exactly. everything around you just be your everything mm. so i think that is a very important for any yeah. actor to, yeah. to get into just revert back to being a child to being yeah. a child and 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 just that like yeah openness jump into anything yeah. um i don't know working in the bar i don't think i've ever done i i i, 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 I worked at the bar before it's yeah. terrible I, I don't know if that's ever helped me as an actor, um, but but I think I think doing these jobs is it keeps you as a normal person. Grounded. I don't know. Yeah, it keeps you grounded. I you know I've met many actors who have been extremely successful mm. for many many years, and uh, I don't know. I th I think you become a different person when you're used to being treated in a certain way, being driven everywhere all the time, having people bringing you food. I think that's very that can very easily corrupt you. Yeah, and I think it's. Having a job that you do or something else that you do outside of acting, you know, I'm not I'm not a superstar, so I don't think it yeah. makes that much difference to me. Uh, but so you haven't had <laughs> a Christian Bale moment. Bring me my cherry fruit, Luke. No, I can't no. act under these conditions. 
But I, I think I think that kind of job keeps you grounded. It keeps you a normal person. It keeps you being able to sit down with somebody who might be from a completely different world and, and still be able to connect with them. Yeah. Because one thing I want to say about your acting career as well, you have straddled this kind of uh, uh, axis of fantasy and like downtown gritty reality because you've been in like shows like EastEnders, yeah. uh, The Bill... Law and Order UK and uh, Doctors and mm. um, even a short film called Sucker Blood, which we'll get into in a moment. Yeah. What um, excites you about doing these kind of um, gritty reality, let's say East End dramas or just playing a Cockney <sighs> lad about town? Because that's very close to who you are. Yeah. I, to be honest, I find it a bit weird because... Like, I think from, you know, what we said before, acting started off as, like, an, a suit of armour that I could wear. Mm. I am, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, I would be less less worried about bullies. I'd be less, you know, insecure because suddenly you go, oh, well, if worst case scenario, I can I can act it, you know? I can I can do what I need to do. Um, but, uh, I don't know, um... Say your question again. I'll, I'll go and say. So, so you've got this. You've got these two different types. Oh of yeah, roles, yeah. Which is I, like you, you. It's like hyper. There's, there's fantasy, me, and then horror, there's reality, and then there's like the guy on the street, yeah. Cockney. So never do well. I don't. I don't really like playing stuff that's close to me. Really, because for me, acting is always. It, it's like take. It's it's being it's being someone else. You know, it's being. For, uh, it's putting something on. It's putting a costume on mm. on top of what I I do, and I much prefer doing things that are very far away from me. Whether that's uh, you know, whether that's whether that's creatures or whether that's bad guys stuff or whether that's you know much more kind of aggressive characters. Or I, I like to do things which 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 are further from me, and I don't know why. I think it's maybe just because I still don't feel comfortable in my own skin i don't really? know like yeah. I, I don't th i don't think of things in that term but i think subconsciously probably that i feel much more comfortable acting things far away from myself because and i can show my vulnerability in a different way i don't have to yeah. show me and all my flaws i yeah. create flaws for someone else and show those and was there a particular role that you took on where you understood that's where you felt at home <sighs> as an actor because uh, the descent part two is kind of it seems like your first stab at that or did you have to do yeah i mean i mean like smike like that. that the drama school role i spoke about smike um he was he was like a you know disabled guy uh and from from Northern and he was your actor teacher england no no this was a character that i oh, played character. in a drama school show yeah in 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 nicholas nickleby and I what kind know. of disability did he have? He, I, oh God, I can't remember now. It, it, it was like rickets or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Something he had some kind of deformity and he couldn't walk properly. Yeah. Uh, it's Charles Dickens yeah. um, play. I, I can't remember. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't say if there was one job that, that made me do that, but I just know... It's just more layers. It's more detail to a character. Um, yeah. uh, you know, characters who are just really, you know, down to earth and standard. Like, mm. I've enjoyed doing other things. I've enjoyed, I enjoyed doing the, the, the descent much yeah. more than I enjoyed doing the build. Like, yeah, not yeah. because 
one's a movie and one's a TV show, but one I'm getting to play this kind of crazy, you know, it's, it's a, a, a branch of humanity that, that uh, evolved underground as and became, you know, flesh-eating So it's like a freedom and a range of movement. Or a just a bloke. Mm. A bloke yeah. who does a normal job on the street and, and one's, one's super exciting and fantastical and one's just normal life. And I suppose a great thing about acting is that you get to step out of, you know, you get to step out of Brexit for five seconds. You get to step out of... So if you in a choice between playing a snitch and a body-snatching monster, you'd prefer to go for the body-snatching I mean, monster? Maybe. It yeah. all depends. It depends It depends on the character. It depends. I, I, I like to do stuff where you're involved now as well. Um, mm. If I have a choice, you know, mm. I'm going to go in and do one line, two days filming, mm. or maybe have no lines, but be part of a, a group of something and be there for three or four weeks. I, I want to do stuff where I'm involved in things more rather than just another job on the CV, I think, nowadays. So I noticed that you've got a few short films on your CV. Yeah. So what excites you about going back to doing short films that you wouldn't normally do in, let's say, like a feature or a TV Yeah, series? well, I mean, in short films, I, I, I get offered stuff that I would never get offered in, you know, in... in in the feature world, in, in the feature world, I don't know. I don't know who the actor is. The, you know, the famous version of me that gets all the work that I should be getting. I'm not Andy Circus. Andy Circus. <laughs> yeah, I, I think in motion capture for sure. Um, but he's just too nice, and I couldn't push him down the stairs uh, <laughs> quickly enough. I love, I love Andy. Um, but I, I don't know if there's uh, it's, there's some guy in some some uh, com- money supermarket commercial or something who's like a shaved head ginger guy with a beard and glasses. Um, He's oh, like yeah. slightly chubbier than me, um, and he's getting all the commercial work at the moment. Who's that? There's a guy who looks like you. Yeah, who's yeah, slightly chubbier. Yeah. Than you. I mean, he doesn't look like me. He looks like me. Like you got a doppelganger. But you, a guy, a balding ginger guy with a beard and yeah. glasses, you know. And uh, is that annoying that you've got? Do you actually purposely go out to casting agents, and IMDb, say I can't be on your books because there's too many people? No, it's it funny like you me. work that way. Um, yeah. I, you know, sometimes if you see this other, you go along to an audition and you meet. The, another version of you is quite amusing, but yeah. uh, but I don't know. Because they play up that idea crazy. with um, sorry to cut across. Yeah. They play up that idea in I think Master of None with Aziz Ansari. Yeah, when they get him to yeah, he goes into the room roles. and there's all the other the Asian actors. You know, I've yeah. been I've been for auditions. It's it's rare that I meet a lot of people like me, but I've been for auditions where you're sitting there and I'm like, oh, they couldn't see me yesterday, so they'll see me today. And today's the day where they're seeing the old Chinese men. Yeah. And yeah. there's like 12 dudes and you're yeah. like... Wow. You know. Um, Have you ever thought like teaming up to like be stuntmen and actor with any of these guys or anything like that? Uh, well, again, if there was somebody who looked enough like me that I could, you know... I, I go along to Jason Statham and say, I'll be your stunt double and he would laugh in my face because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's far better at doing stunts than I am. Um, Do you know what? There's a guy, I think you... mentioned Jason Statham. There was a film... Uh, what was the one called The Mechanic? It was called The Mechanic. And um, there was... <laughs> no, there was a, there's an actor in it who kind of looks similar to you. I can't remember what his name is now. He's all about the, the apprentice he took on. Yeah, what was his guy, that guy's name? He then becomes a bad guy, no? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was such a crazy film. Oh, uh, uh, back okay, on the Jason, staff again. okay. Yeah. 
we can't we can't get enough of it. I'm just trying to find the name <coughs> of this actor because I, f- I think you could double up for him. For this well. guy, I don't really? wanna, I don't want to say. Aaron I need Paul. a week for sure. I know the guy you're talking about. I quite like him. Uh, no, but he, he wears a flat cap. Ben Foster as well. Ben Foster. Yeah, ben that's Foster. But he wears yeah. a flat cap in the flat cap. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, then I've already got. Ben yeah, Foster. exactly. You're in. Yeah. The guy from Six Feet Under. No, he he was in. Um, I know he was in Free Ten to Yuma. He played um, the bad. Yeah, he's in. Yeah, he's in six feet under as well. Cool, yeah, cool, yeah. cool. And also played for Man United in goal. Oh, for a very short period of time. I've seen the time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, we still got you saying that you watch anything with Jermaine Pennant on it. <laughs> on tape um, he meant but... Jermaine Clement <laughs> oh Jermaine <laughs> we're doing a callback to a previous like, episode everyone he was, he was a, an average footballer at best <laughs> he so, was that's yeah. why he never made it at Arsenal oh. he went to Liverpool <laughs> where he could be average he found his level he, he preferred to be a criminal didn't he yeah oh he, he did yeah, 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 he's yeah, a lunatic yeah, he played for a, he had a yeah. didn't he for a while okay um, so <laughs> Robin yeah. tell us a little bit about uh, what what is your kind of process when it comes to preparing for these kind of creature feature roles that you do? Because Andy Circus is like well known for getting inside the character, getting inside the habits, looking at the zoology side mm-hmm. of it. Do you go through the same levels and depths of research or do you look at actors in a bygone era? Um, I mean, I don't think I go to the same depths because I just think I'm maybe not able. Maybe that's an excuse. I don't know, but I can't just, you know, chuck my son in childcare and shoot off to the zoo and go and hang there for a day because I can't afford it or whatever the reason might be. But I, you know, I I, I treat it like another, you know, whatever the other character is. I look at, I look at the character. I look at the script. I look at what their what their goals are, what their aims are. Um, you know, they're their friends, their loved ones. And then and then you look at obviously the creature and you look online, it's, it's you know, you see as much footage as possible about that, that creature in different scenarios, different emotional states, when they're happy, when they're scared. And and if you're lucky enough and nowadays it's really good that actually there's so much footage of motion capture stuff. Mm. Obviously you've got Andy and then there's another great guy, Terry Notary, who worked on who did all the the motion capture kind of creature work with us on Jungle Book. Oh, I'm Mowgli, sorry. Because um, you're in that as well, the, the new... Is it a Netflix yeah, series? Yeah, the Netflix, one, Netflix movie. Um, coming out on 7th of December. Uh, but, but, but Terry's great and Andy's great and there's a lot of stuff that you can now look on YouTube and not only can I watch an animal doing it, but I can watch then somebody who this is, this is their thing, this is their skill set, talking to a journalist or an interviewer and talking them through exactly the same process. Mm. Um... So sometimes there's some really good stuff that you can find um, online. But yeah, the more you know about something, the better you... If I can get a, get to go and see an animal for real, yeah. then of course, uh, that's that's the main goal. Um, well, well, the thing is, you've been in The, the Descent, um, mm-hmm. you've been in Clash of the Titans, and now you're, you're in Mowgli, which is a new Netflix trailer, which we're not... Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're in a copyright situation, but we're just, I'm just going to play this in the background so the guys can see it. Um, in silence, yeah. and this is due to come out on the seventh of December. So you've kind of traversed the kind of evolution of mocap over the last, let's say, eight to ten years with at least three decent projects. Yeah, I 
yeah, I mean, what I did before was, was you know, prosthetic or skin work. Okay. You know, it's, it's wearing a suit and it's being that real thing rather than wearing a motion capture suit. Sure. Um, I, I, so what are you learning or what have you learned by participating in Mowgli uh, I mean, with mocap? I mean, the thing with Andy Circus is that he very much believes, you know, you, it, it's a performance. It's an emotional story. You, the emotions are what helps that, that tale continue. And so having, sorry, and so I keep I'm turning away from the mic because I'm watching the screen. Um, <laughs> and so having, um, having, having actors who, you know, that's, that's their job, being emotionally open, being emotionally expressive, empathizing. He, he believes it's key to, rather than just having an animator get a, get a, a you know, a page of description about this character and, and what happens in a scene, and then letting somebody just draw it. It's, you, you know, you, you live it, you play it like you would do a scene in any movie. Um, because so, things come out of that, yeah. that, you know, the relationship, once you filmed on, film with someone for six months, I mean, we were working on and off on Mowgli for over, about two and a half, three years. We kind of were coming When did it really doing, start for you then, working on uh, 2015, I think, was the first stuff I did, okay. maybe summer 2015. And from there, circuses, Andy Circus's philosophies don't run away with the circus. They centered and focus on the character. Cause there's this kind of, I'm sure when you do mocap, there's lots of bright lights, tennis balls, green yeah, screens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it takes much more magic. imagination because mm. there's no set, there's no costume. You, mm. we, you've got some monitors, which give you a rough idea about what your, what it's going to look like. Yeah. But, um, but so really all you have is, is the movement and, and the scene and, and the play. And so, and I think a lot of things come tiny little movements in this, you know, little things where, an animal will just turn in a circle and then sit back down. You know, like tiny things which, which you just find from doing it over and over and over again. I'm not sure if this is spoilers, but could you tell us which animal characters that you played um, or prepared? In, in this, in I Mother. just play, uh, I just did the motion capture for Peter Mullen, who plays uh, Aquila, who is the wolf, head of the wolf pack. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and what did that entail exactly? Uh, I mean, I have, it's like working on a movie, uh, you know, lots of lots of rehearsals with with Terry Notary working working in pairs um, on on getting this movement right. Uh, Is there something characteristic that wolves or dogs do that we immediately see as a tell that uh, it's a wolf or a dog? I think it depends on the situation, but really, no, I don't think so. Uh, I think I think. A wolf or a dog, they're going to have very similar characteristics. But dogs are like, dogs are wolves that have forgotten how to live in a pack, basically. But, but the, the movement and everything is very, very similar. Um, but then, it, you know, things like when they're scared, when they're angry, when they're trying to play with other creatures, that slightly differs for, uh, for wolves. But yeah, we, we did loads of rehearsals. And then you're just on set, you know, they built real life jungle sets. Um, Huge cliff faces, waterfalls. Uh, oh, so they actually built that stuff for you. This is why. So it wasn't just in a sterile environment. No, and this is. I think this is what Andy's thing is that it's like, just because it's it's animals, why should we just go? Oh, a human can just draw it then, and that's good enough. Like, yeah. it's a creature. It has its own storyline. It has its own. It has its own story arc. So, so it should be treated in the same way as any other actor in the movie. So they had the real sets. Wow. And we would we would motion capture on those. I got to go to South Africa and do some motion capture Amazing. on location, uh, like outdoor motion capture with really? 
With active suits, yeah. Um, so were you working on side, alongside the voice actors as well? We did, we did some stuff with them at the beginning. Um, and, then, uh, and then there was sort of like a crew who kind of did, did uh, a lot of the shooting. Um, and, and we kind of crossed over with them at different parts throughout the process. Yeah, again, I, I don't really know how much of this I'm allowed to just go... <laughs> Is it all, like, say, confidential? Well, yeah, I, I, you know what? I don't know. I don't, it was confidential then. The film's coming out now, so I suppose it doesn't really matter. But maybe Andy's like, these are my methods, and I don't want them. Yeah, yeah it could be, could be. I just realised we might be stealing Andy Circus's blueprint of how to make films better. But the, um, <laughs> the, the... What was... If you could describe in maybe three or four words, what was... What did you like about the Andy Circus method that was better than the other methods of mocap that you've seen so far or been a part of? I mean, three or four words. Yeah, exactly. uh, I can't do no it. Pressure. No, can't. Pressure. no pressure. No pressure. He loves it. Yeah. Wow. Good yeah. answer. He loves it. Like it's, it's very important. It's his passion. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I don't know if this is true, but when I was there, I felt like you know he's he was talking to producers. He's the director of the movie, so mm. you know, lots of high pressure stuff. How's, how's money going? How's time going? Where are we? Um, but then he'd come over and chat to the motion capture team and you just feel like he was just chatting to, to, to the guys and that was where he suddenly came into his own. Um. Yeah. So um, just as a final note, um, yeah. for anyone who probably is somehow unfamiliar with the Jungle Book story and perhaps not aware that Mowgli's come out, what would you say to convince somebody to prepare for the new version of Mowgli coming out on the 7th of December? Two words. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you two sentences. I'll be um, fair this time. It's a very truthful retelling of the original story mm -hmm. and it's much more of a grown-up movie than a kid's movie. Uh, that, that's the angle of this one. It's, it's not like Disney. It's not, it tries to be much more truthful to the, to the world of the jungle. I've done more sentences. What are you going to do, Trev? What are you going to do? You can't take it back. I've said them now. They're it's out live. now. Yep. So let's jump back into real life again because um, I think we're going to bring in our cult TV specialist here to kind of ask a few questions um, about Hi. a particular anthology series. Yeah, you're in the recent uh, Inside Number 9, the, uh, the Halloween special, which was... Am I, am I the only person here apart from Robin that's seen it? Um, we don't have TV licenses. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's hard, kind of hard to talk about if you haven't seen it. I don't know what to, Introdu to what give it What is Inside it Number 9 about, Steve? Inside Number 9 is an anthology series um, created by Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith from the League of Gentlemen. Who, um, and it's like a different... Every week's got kind of a different... Like, it's, not, it's normally a one-room kind of set and they tell a, a different story um, each week, kind of in a... It's sort of like the tales of the unexpected, but like a sort of like a hammer horror twist and, you know, okay. slightly scarier. But they, this year for Halloween, they did a one-off live special on BBC Two. Oh, wow. Which um, was quite something. Um, how was that to be, um, to be involved with that? Um, <laughs> I'd love this to be really exciting and like, oh, Cloak and Dagger, but it was so, it was so Cloak and Dagger and so secret I accepted the job having no idea what I was going to actually be doing. Um, I turned up to rehearse my first shot on the day without having ever read a script or knowing knowing what the character was because obviously there's so much so much leakage and uh, and you know stuff with TV nowadays that they you know they want to keep it all under wraps. But 
But from being on set with 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 Reese and Steve, I just thought they were really um, you know, like they they it's the, it's their world and they're they're, yeah, they're yeah. absolute pros and just like in that episode especially the bits when they're backstage like that that was yeah. them like yeah, that was yeah. them talking and there were moments when suddenly they'd be like and we're off and then the conversation would continue and I'd be like you know that's that's a real tough job to suddenly just switch and, and yeah and sure be I mean completely honest as yourself um, I suppose, to give a little bit of a spoiler it kind of it, the story starts off and then it goes wrong. The sound goes and then... So everyone thinks like, oh, the programme's gone wrong. Okay, okay. And then the BBC2 announcer comes up. So it's kind of done like this. Oh, and, it's a um, little bit like the... Um, Ghost War of Worlds. Oh, War of Worlds. Yeah, 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 yeah. that yeah. sort of thing, yeah. And I think it was like you lost 20% of the audience in the first yeah, yeah, five yeah. minutes. Yeah, I had loads of people thinking, <laughs> going, oh, when the sound went, I just thought, oh, they're having problems. So I, yeah, I yeah. switched stuff. And like, I actually yeah. looked for a torrent to try and get. Yeah. I, thought, I thought, this I've isn't. <laughs> Do you know what? I've only ever had that experience watching, uh, I think it was Gremlins 2 in uh, the yeah, cinema, yeah, 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 where yeah. Um, the, the picture cuts out and every, literally half of the audience got up <laughs> and they were walking out to complain to the uh, foyer, the people in the foyer, and then they saw the shadows of the gremlins like, going back screen. and forth in front of the uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, projector, yeah. which was cool. <laughs> so um, how did you end up or get cast in a project like Inside Nine? How, how do you get onto that lit there radar? Um, I mean, I was lucky. I auditioned for them for... I mean, this is the crazy world of acting. I auditioned for them for something five years ago for... I mean, four or five years ago for... Psychoville? No, no, no. It was, it was for Inside Number Nine. Oh, okay. It was for the episode where the babysitters come to the house and the old guy who's in the room upstairs is basically the devil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert. Sorry about that. <laughs> um... And I auditioned to be that guy. And in the end, they went okay. with someone much older. Yeah. Um, but it, it was basically because I have this kind of, this, I am known in the industry now for being able to do weird physical stuff. Okay, um, okay. What weird physical stuff do you do, Robert? I mean, like animals and monsters. I don't even know, I don't know how you put a, yeah. put a, put a thing on that. I, I'm a terrible dancer. I don't have great rhythm, but yeah. Don't they call it anthrop- anthropomorphism when it's animals... No, that's when you give animals. like personalities to animals, yeah. like ca- human characteristics. Okay. Yeah. Animals like Bugs Bunny and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. L- like yeah. Jungle. So you did a reverse of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but but they they remembered me from that audition. Mm. They very much, I think, because it was live. They wanted some someone who wasn't going to trip over and mess things up. Yeah. Uh, and so even though Just what, I, what I had to do was extremely simple, portraying yeah. a uh, this this character that I had. Um, they remember me from that and they phone me and, and it's one of those things where they just offer you a job and I, you know, the money was good, so I said, of course. Hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it, it was interesting because they bought Twitter because they started tweeting during the program. That, that was a live tweet. Yeah, it was, it's a live he tweet. He types it live yeah, yeah. and sends it live. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. One of the cast members. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, they, yeah. they actually flick through like channels one, two and three. Oh, so and you can actually see what was, was on, on the other yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. yeah, yeah. It's really... It's, fant- it's a fantastic half hour. I think what they attempted with that, like it was ballsy, and yeah, no, yeah. I don't think anyone else will ever attempt no, something no, like that again no. because, because yeah. you do have you know people who after watching thirty seconds of TV with no sound will go, this is yeah. what am I watching? What am I doing here? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got Netflix, a million hours of footage with sound, like, yeah, and yeah, I'm sitting yeah. here trying to work with this. Uh, it's very yeah. disruptive. Um, so, looking at like actors and performances, um, which actors do you admire today? 
this is really bad because um, I'm like apart from Jason Statham obviously from, he's I mean he's the man and of course Andy Serkis <laughs> and Andy Serkis um, I mean getting to work with Peter Mullen yeah. uh, he was great um, some of his stuff I remember watching a lot of, of his stuff at drama school uh, really really intense uh, actor um, I really like Vincent Cassell Oh, the French actor. French yeah, actor. Really cool. I like, like what he a lot of his older stuff rather Lahane. than yeah. Lahane and 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 uh, I, I I like actors who are really who can be really intense. Like I never thought I'd say it, but yeah. after John Wick, I really like Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the intensity to his training. I watched a lot of videos about the training that he did for oh, both those movies, the firearms training, everything. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I just thought like that's that's the kind of actor who I aspire to be. Um, I, as much of that kind of stuff I can try and do I got like a theatre show that we're doing which is set in woodcutter so yeah. I spent when I was rehearsing that I was yeah. in the back garden hacking logs at, like Keanu for an hour every morning but to be dedicated when the Matrix came around yeah yeah again I don't know that didn't grab me really that was that was him on the off, no he did Bill and Ted's yeah. then he did the Matrix and then he did John Wick yeah yeah there were some yeah. other films in between that but it's yeah. a kind of a Funky journey that he's been on there. And yeah, I, he directed a martial arts movie. Yeah. It uh, was shit, but... I didn't hear you, White Falcon. What was that? White <laughs> Falcon. Are we allowed to call him that? Is this, is this what did you really it's, think it's, of it, though? Don't hold back. Is it? White That's Falcon? What? Yeah. You, you I, want, like I need some kind of cool name to be on this table. I've no, you've got a cool name. Pale you're, Falcon. You're Robbery. Robbery. On, on oh, yeah, yeah. Daylight Robbery. Yeah. That's me. No, let, let's tell the story. Your name is Robin Berry. Yeah. Your shortened name on social media. Which one is it? Is it Instagram? Uh, Instagram, yeah. You're Rob Berry. Rob Berry 81. Yeah. And what is your child's name? His name is Forrest. 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 Forrest J. Berry Bateman. Cool. So that keeps the whole Forest Berry thing going on. And um, is, what's your wife's name? Her name is Lily Bateman. So we've exactly. got Lily, Lily, the flower. We've got the forest. Yeah. We've got a Jay, which is yeah. the bird that lives in the forest. We've got Robin, which is the bird that lives in the forest. See we've got I mean? berries, which are fruits that grow in the forest. See what I mean? And he was born in Forest Gate. Yeah. Or he was conceived here. See what I mean? In... It's all nice concentric circles. Like we a thought about it's that. Like a poem. It was all pre-planned. Yeah. Like I was like, this is how it has to be. <laughs> ABC. <laughs> uh, I was going to have um, just one question before anyone else jumps in if you could be in a, any episode of Inside Number 9 which one would it be except for the one that you auditioned for so I'm going to I'm only halfway through the second series it's not because I don't love the show it's because there's so much content and TV being put out there like I just constantly feel bombarded that I'm I'm losing, I'm losing, like, there's more stuff. Ozark's great. Oh, my God, but I haven't even finished Breaking Bad. Doesn't matter, that's over. <laughs> like, Glow, oh, but I haven't finished Orange is the New Black. Like I am. Anyway, I feel swamped by TV. I haven't finished the second series of Inside Number 9. But of everything that I've seen so far, um, I th it's the one that they, they aired. Uh, oh, the, the Solid one. What's it called, Dead Quiet? Um, a Quiet Night In. A Quiet Night In. Um, and just because... Who else does an entire episode where there is no dialogue in the entire episode? And I just think when you, you attempt things, that's one thing Inside yeah. Number 9 do. They attempt things. I'm going to do an episode based in the wardrobe. I'm going to do an episode where there's five people in the train carriage like, and the whole half an hour is just here. I just think what they do, producers would say, bullshit, you can't do that and it's not going to work. And then they come back and they release an amazing series and it just kind of sticks two fingers up to standard yeah, yeah, TV, yeah. basically. How 
did you stop yourself from giving the creators of that show a hand shandy when you met them? Uh, it was really tense on set when I got there. Um, and I, I, again, you haven't seen the episode, but like Steve, Steve Pemberton comes up to me to explain what's going on in this shot. And he's like wearing a nightie and he's covered in fake blood. Um, and that was the first time that I saw him. Uh, so you just, you know, they're pros and you let them go on and you just, you know, I just, I just watched them, but they were just two people who were really, um, you know, they were on their craft, like yeah, yeah. everything, every step, every walk. Is this too much? Is this right? Is that too much? Am I doing it? And they're always looking at those tiny, tiny details, um, which, which I just think shows that, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, there's no ego or anything. It's just great people doing There's great a, Reece Shearsmith has a kind of, when he plays himself, like in the League of Gentlemen movie yeah. or in that episode, he comes across as a bit of a dick. <laughs> I think that's, it's part of his kind of yeah. image. He was, you know, he was super nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, sure he it's is. It's weird that anyone he... ever was nice. It wasn't ever nice, but you get a few moments. There was one moment where he had his character in the in the in the fake show that they yeah, do. Yeah. He had glasses on. Yeah, and he doesn't. And he was. I can't remember him. I was just standing there waiting on my mark in a <laughs> rehearsal, and him and Steve are sort of chatting, and they got their phones out. <laughs> and Steve was like, "Are you? Are you? Are those your glasses? Were they?" And he was like. Fucking, he took. I've just taken my glasses off aggressively in front, but he basically just held them across the room because he was just like, "I need yeah, to get, yeah. I need to get into who am I right now? What's going on in this moment?" Um, but yeah, you know, it, I, you know, I can think of one person who comes up in my mind who's been a not very nice person. I would never say their name, but can you give us a clue? No, no, of course what not, because I'll never hair? work in this town again. <laughs> okay, uh, you know what? We're going to dip the sound, but just tell us now. I mean, if you don't, if you don't <laughs> work, you, did you actually again, believe I don't going to affect your film and movie career. It's Jason Statham. No. Uh, no. Damn it, I knew not. it. Jason, uh, please yeah. don't hunt He's going to be in a Meg 2. So. Yeah. Watch out. Uh, no, He's going to hunt you down uh, now. Hopefully I'm mo-capping the shark for the Meg 2. <laughs> we're talking at the moment. You want to bite Statham's face off? Man, I can't. That's the dream. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Everyone, everyone on TV is great. Reese was great. Uh, you know, um, I think it's a tense, tense scenario. So people, you know, are, are very on edge. Okay, slightly related to that. Um, yeah. Do you have any tips for like how to deal with rejection when it happens? Uh, have a kid. <laughs> Being rejected used to suck, and now I don't have time in my life to think about it. And since I've since I've become a full-time stay-at-home dad, I've earned as much money acting as I used to earn from acting and doing a stay-at-home job. Wow. So I don't know whether that's because I don't care as much anymore mm. and that comes across when you're in the room, but a real thing from, you know, I've directed and, and produced short films and, and I've been on the other side of the audition table and I think uh, desperation is something that's real. People can smell it, they can see it, they can taste it. And I think that I've lost a lot of that since I've had a kid because... Your life's about that, and mm, you forget yeah, about all the other absolutely. Stuff. And how old is Forrest now? He's going to be two on the twelfth of December. Wow, amazing. He can post presents to Ithaca House, and they will all be forwarded on. He loves uh, Blaze and the Monster Machines. If anyone has spare merchandise, no. Nope. You guys should no. watch Blaze. It's a fantastic cartoon, by the way. What 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 platform is it on? Uh, it's on Netflix and Amazon Prime. Okay. Five series. You might have to it's, review it. It's, it's animation. It's a it's an animated car. He talks, and his, his gang of car-talking friends. Okay. But they do a lot of stuff about science, really? uh, centripetal force, yeah. gravity, all that kind of stuff. 
and he's in there. You know, wow, amazing! He's a scientist in he's the making. Learning. Well, that's what I always think. He knows about he knows about gravity. He knows about force. He knows about uh, mass already, and he's uh, and I don't. And I'm really old. Uh, yeah, sorry. I just talked about cartoons. That's don't worry cool. about it. Don't sweat the rejections, man. That's the love of a dad. Being, yeah, that's the love of a dad yeah. talking. I'll get the phone out and show you some pictures in a minute. Uh, no, but just... You just have to take... If you need that money to eat, it's really hard not to, but you just have to take the weight off all of that stuff and forget about it. Because, sure. Because that's what's going to lose the battle in the room. Yeah. Sure. Good advice right there. Maybe. I hope so. So, Robin, what would be your ideal situation or creative project to be on in a year's time? Or two years' time, in even? two years' time. Um, no, I, so I've been working a lot on this uh, immersive virtual reality at the moment, live motion capture in virtual reality, and I have currently uh, working with a, a producer friend on, on getting a, an idea that I have for an immersive VR, and sort of hour-long immersive VR, immersive virtual reality show can you say the name of the producer or the production uh, company no 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 <laughs> it's not it's nowhere near that stage yet okay, okay. um it's a, it's a it's a, a rushed word document and some pictures sent over to somebody who i trust very much and that's kind cool, of cool. all it is at the moment but i think that this word of immersive re- virtual reality is so fresh now that yeah. that's kind of what every every idea starts as yeah um and i think i think maybe as, as far as vr and mocap i think maybe trying to produce something because I've done so much virtual reality in the last two years via the motion motion capture work and and so I feel like I, I could bring something to the table there and other than that I don't know just something nice something meaty and old school maybe a western yeah. I think I could shave the bottom of my beard and have really cool mutton chops in a western um, any of you guys working on a western at the moment Anything can't in the say pipeline? you can't say you can't say or it's just not happening it's not happening. Okay. I don't know why, you know, Trevor, no one is casting me as an outlaw in the West. I, is it Trevor? Yeah. T Dog? T Dog. I'm, I'm, I should be TJ, actually. TJ? I should just go for the initials. Yeah, the simple. TJ, I like that. Or TJ? We might have to do a sequel to uh, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, the new Coen Brothers. Buster Scruggs? Yeah, that's. Uh, is that the real name that? of it? Yeah, 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 The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Is this the one that's going to be on? Yeah, Netflix? Coen Brothers have got a new feature for now, and it's Western, and it's going straight to Netflix. So okay. you're in good company with uh, Mowgli with the, coming out as with well. Mowgli coming out as well. So what about a part in Blaze? If I can get a part in Blaze. Yeah. Winning. There is nothing that I've ever acted in that I would be happy with my child watching at the moment. So, uh, yeah, if you have a shaved head as an actor, it's like rapist, murderer, maybe a policeman (laughs) if you're lucky. So, uh, yeah. So, something that Forrest can see you in. Yeah, something that Forrest can see me in. Cool. Yeah. All right, we'll hope that really goes well. Um, Me too. Uh, should we do a, a, a final shout? We, we should change our ending. So we say, like, for Forrest, include Forrest's name. Like, okay, Forrest, yeah. we watch films to save you hassle. So we'll try that at the end. But, um, Robin, it's yes. great to have you on the show. Thanks Dude, for making thanks for it. It's been too here. long talking about this, and I'm really glad that we've got a chance to I'm get an this actor, started. and I've just got to talk about myself for like an hour. So, yeah. <laughs> that's the dream, mate. Thank you, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. We loved your company. So, a big round of applause. We're going to change the outro now to um, include Forrest's name. Excellent. So we'll, we'll, Is it going to come up somewhere? I, I missed I'll, the I missed I'll, the intro because I was just blown away by your in, by you guys all just suddenly turning on. So on that line, we'll put Forrest at the beginning of that. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, that brings us to the end of our episode. So thanks to our presenters, King Dom. Goodbye. White Falcon. Bye. Cody. Bye-bye. Formerly known as It's Stephen Code. And MKH. Um, goodbye. Our comptroller has been the impeccable Neo Geo. Yeah. <laughs> I've been your host, Trevor, or otherwise known as TJ, and you were listening to Geek Sweat. These are our end credits, so we invite you to subscribe as well. Geek Sweat is available on Castbox, FM, iTunes, and Stitcher, so you can download either app to listen to us. We will have more in store, so feel free to rate and review us inside your podcast platform. If you don't have time to do so, please tell a friend today and we will be just as grateful. You can also find us online via Twitter, Instagram and Facebook under the hashtag GeekSweat. That's G-E-E-K-S-W-E-A-T. This podcast thrives on listeners, so thank you for sharing your ears. To show you we care, Forrest, we We watch films to save you hassle. hassle.